Good morning to each one. Thank you so much for your uh, <clears throat> presence this morning. We pray that you have come to receive a blessing, that you have come to worship God. The scripture of today is Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O Lord. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call to you and my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Psalm 61. <clears throat> we have to, uh, times in our life that we need something that's higher than us. That gives us strength from within. That gives us hope for tomorrow. Knowing that uh, God is in control. Um, in the way of announcements, uh, if you're a visitor, there's a, a visitor's card in front of uh, the pew that you fill out and uh, give to one of the men in the back. Also, we thank you for your giving to the church in order to have a place to worship uh, the business of the church, of the, uh, how <coughs> the people are blessed outside these walls. Again, I thank you for giving. One time a little boy was uh, sitting at the dining table and the father was talking about how bad the church service was on Sunday. And the little boy, wisdom words come out of the mouth of babes. Well, Dad, you didn't give but two dollars. <laughs> so, so what we give in this morning uh, is what we're blessed with because God said he uh, loves a cheerful giver and we thank each one for giving. <clears throat> Next, uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, Brother Ray Owens will be leading in the Bible worship and also next Sunday he'll also come back and bless us again. Let's uh, join in our, our worship with our singing this morning. This is the first Sunday of the month, so we want to wish our happy birthdays and our happy anniversaries. Is there anyone in our presence who is having a birthday or anniversary in the month of January? Don't be bashful. If you do, stand, okay? <laughs> Well, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and sing happy... All right. oh, yeah, <laughs> there you go, Betty. <laughs> we'll sing. <laughs> Let's sing together for Betty's birthday, okay? Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Betty. Happy birthday to you. And more. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get an anniversary just in case somebody's not being truthful. All right. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary. God bless you. Happy anniversary to you. All right. 
Won't you stand if you're able this morning and, and uh, as we begin our worship service by singing a beautiful, beautiful song. Great are you, Lord. We 
that our sweet Linda has come aboard with us this morning when our other musicians being ill. We're so thankful for her. We're going to begin singing Joy Unspeakable. <laughs> joy okay so let's remember that when we get to this course I have found the joy no tongue can tell how it's be seated and children it's time for you to go to your classes at this time
always happy that to hear the songs that uh, down through the ages that uh, has not grown cold. <laughs> that is, uh, when God inspired a song or a, a message that uh, is meant from his heart uh, for our blessing. As we go to prayer this morning, uh, we have several that are sick with the COVID. Uh, Barbara Powell, Kathy Hathaway, Charlotte uh, Mitchell, Annie Bossamore, uh, Jerry Crane, Sandy Adams, our children, our youth, our pastor, and search uh, that we know that God has a, a man and a family for us. And we just have to sometimes wait for, for great things to happen. Are there any other uh, prayer requests that need to be known immediately? If not, those with unspoken prayer requests. You know, I, I often wonder why are people, what do they do if they don't have prayer in their life or if they don't have God to go to? And uh, uh, my wife takes depositions of people that uh, are not all godly, and I found out what they do. They go to a psychiatrist to try to find the answers. But thank goodness that we got God that we can go to him and knowing that he hears and understands our prayer. Dear Father, as we join our hearts and our minds to worship you this morning, we come to you with hearts heavy that of the sick ones in our community. We know that not feeling well in body uh, weighs upon a person. Uh, we pray for healing. We pray for uh, giving them strength in their life. We've got several that in our surrounding communities of people that we were acquainted with that have passed away and just be with these families. Fill the void in their lives that only you can do. We pray for uh, guidance in their life and search for a pastor. We pray for a man of honor and integrity and filled with your spirit. We pray for uh, guidance in the church as we go forward from day to day. Help us to be strong. Help us to walk in the, uh, the path that you'd want us to. We thank you for uh, the speaker of the hour as he comes. We pray for him as he speaks to us to encourage us, to challenge us. We pray for guidance for him and his family. You have blessed us in so many ways in each Sunday that you have a speaker for us. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look, I'm excited this morning to see each of y'all here this morning. But I'm excited about something else this morning. I wanted to um, to sell some people this morning, but I've waited till now. So I, I hope that y'all see that I'm excited. <laughs> Glad to be here. 
as a leadership team, representing the leadership team and our uh, church uh, council team leaders, we had uh, we had asked Brother Ray to fill in for us until we had a pastor, and so he didn't just say, "I'll be glad to," <laughs> you know, "I'll be glad to do that." But he's been praying about this. We've been praying about this, and he has said that he is going to do that. He's going to fill in until until uh, God sends us a pastor. And I think it, with Brother Ray, that'll lead us into to a uh, new pastor for our for our church and our church family. Amen. So. Well, I'm sure he'll have a few things to say. But Brother Ray, we love and appreciate you. And I know you've prayed for this, you know, and you feel clear about that's what God wants you to do. And we're just thankful for you. And we're sorry that we've got sort of a small crowd, but we still got... But we're going to be, we're going to be getting spring in a few weeks. And so things will turn around. But anyway, come on. Thank you, Conrad. Thank you. See if that's working, is it? Good deal. Thank you. Uh, yes, um, maybe turn me down just a tad, if you would. Um, I knew it. Actually, I think it's a great crowd today because uh, I actually kind of started a couple weeks ago, being the being the pastor to a point, meeting with committees and visiting with people, and so I've really got to start knowing folks and. And this week, so many people getting COVID or been around COVID and they were falling off like flies. You're not, not literally, but just couldn't be here or, or quarantined. And then uh, flu A, we got two, two families out with flu A. So I knew there wouldn't be a lot of folks here. Um, I do want to share with you that, uh, that just a little bit about this and then, and then kind of where we're going from there. Uh, when Neil called me to tell me the shocking news that he was feeling the Lord leading him away, uh, knowing him, I obviously knew it was of the Lord, but you know, I didn't like it. Um, but, and, and multiple reasons, because I had a, had a privilege to kind of get a, a very close relationship with Neil. And, and, uh, and I know a lot of folks back home are watching this as well. But anyway, the deal was, uh, Pastor Ray, I know I've been telling you all along that you need to retire. But now, but now I need you, so, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's different when it's you. Would you take it just for three months, you know, and we have this person coming, and it, it really seemed great. Yes, I can do that. I mean, it's hard to turn down Neil. And um, so I did, and, uh, and I'll be honest with you, uh, the good Lord just allowed me to really appreciate you guys, get to know you. I might not know all your names. Uh, you're going to love this. The directory that I was given is 20 years old. And I'm just telling you, y'all looked a little different 20 years ago. Maybe it's 25 years old. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, so, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really recognize everybody. But, but anyway, uh, well, that didn't work out. And then as regional pastors, you know, I, I poured a lot of time in, and, and thanks be to Carvin and others, and we felt like maybe another direction was happening, and we gave that a shot 
for a period of time. And I know that none of this was not God's plan. We might not like it and it fit in just how we want, but I'm just telling you, as time goes on, you can look back and see God working. Um, you know, I lost both my parents last year. It was a tremendous, especially taking care of dad's just a full-time job. A lot, lot of things involved in that. And um, then uh, the, the leadership team this, this January, uh, you know, I just really had a burden for you guys. And the Lord really basically just allowed me to fall in love with y'all. And when that happens, that's a, that's a bad thing. I'm just telling you when you're a pastor. But, you know, I still have a lot of responsibilities, but I ran it by my elders, ran it by my, my wife, um, you know, prayed about it. And your leadership really loves this church. You have blessed with amazing leadership. I have not sensed any division. Yes, there's different personalities. There's different ages. Uh, but, you know, unity. And they met without me <laughs> and called me and and asked me to pray about it. So the last few weeks have been a lot of prayer um, and uh, just all the signs that took place. And one of them is that the church continues to really seek strongly for the full-time pastor instead of me, you know, in this position. And I, I'm just happy to report, and Michael will be sharing with you, but it's really looking good. God's starting to open doors. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. Pray for your leadership. Pray for everyone that's dedicating their time. We've already had, I think, past week, some of us met three or four hours up here in different committees. There's some changes going on. Pray for them. And pray for this person that God has on our heart right now that, that this will work out. And we'll know more when we know something. But I, I'm going to be right there in that. Um, also, today's a little emotional for me because I realized that 50 years ago, uh, I preached my first sermon, and uh, I didn't realize that. Uh, and I'm only 45, so I don't know how that worked out. But, but I preached my first, my dad got sick, we were in Hutchinson, Kansas, he got sick, and he gave me the sermon to kind of work on and read, and gave me some pointers, you know, how to do it. And I'm like, Dad, I gotta just be me, man. I gotta re read this thing and make your sermon into me, you know. And it was terrible probably, but uh, the church was so, it was a nice church, beautiful church, and they, they were so lovely, they didn't tell me how bad it was. They told me it was good. And uh, also I realized, as I was coming here, I was talking to my wife, she's over in Texas, that 50 years ago, uh, we began to date. So, boy, I tell you, it's just getting all emotional and everything else going on, you know. And then finally, uh, I'm, I'm going to make an official announcement too. Uh, I'm going to ask next Sunday that you take a vote uh, to ratify me as, as pastor for the interim period. I want every one of you to make a commitment to pray for your leaders and to pray for me if I take this position, if I give up my retirement and give up my, I'm still doing regional pastor stuff, so this makes two part-time jobs. If I do that, I want you to commit that you're behind it, you'll pray for me, and that you're for this. I, I just believe that all of you need, that's, that's what I'm asking, it's not required. And if you're not here uh, next week, you can get an absentee ballot and vote and make any comments that you want but I want every one of you to be a part of this, okay? 
I really do. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't hear a couple claps. I didn't. <laughs> I want to give everybody a chance. Guys, are y'all warm enough in here? I'm getting hot. I don't know what's going on. And it could be that my eyes are running. I don't know. But uh, okay, you have your outline. Let's get going. Unshakable joy. Now, I want to ask you something. Do you think a name determines what you're going to turn out to be if somebody names you a certain name? I think to a certain extent, you know, that can happen. Obviously, we know the story of Jesus and you shall name him Jesus. I loved uh, recently there was a Christmas special done by The Chosen and Mary and Joseph were in there and they were saying, you still want to stick with Jesus because he also said his name shall be Emmanuel. You know, they were going through all the names, you know, and Mary in her little accent there says, no, we, we call him Jesus, you know, in her accent that, that she had. And, and so, yes, a name's important, but if you think you have a... Maybe you don't like your name. I, I've had family members that were always known at a certain name, and then they get a certain age and they want to change it. My grandson just did that. He's always been Liam, the nickname to us, and he still will be. But when he moved to Texas, he changed to William. Yeah, excuse me. And so, names affect. Well, back in March 20th, 2003, in China, actually Hong Kong, March 20th, 2003, you won't remember that date probably, but you'll remember it when I tell you. That's the day that uh, we invaded Iraq from Kuwait. Remember that? I don't know if you all remember. I remember where I was when that happened. Uh, and it's also about the time the SARS virus, which is the first precursor to COVID, uh, was running rampant. Guess where? China. But that had nothing to do with anything, right? China, China, China. Uh, and there was a kid born on that same day, March 20th, 2003, and they named him Saddam Ding Sars. Now, how would you like to be named Saddam Sars? I was thinking about it. It's pretty bad. It's like being Adolf COVID. <laughs> or you know, Nero or something like that. Nobody names their kid that. I mean, they might name a dog that that they kick. I mean, you know what I'm saying. That's terrible. Somebody named, so, you know, too many people, not usually because of their name, but man, that's poor kid with his name starting out in life. But by the way they carry themselves, they live sorrowful lives. And, and they, day in and day out, they live with this heaviness that is upon them. And even many who claim to be Christians live with this heaviness and they don't have much joy. I really appreciate what Pat did to get you to smile this morning. Yes, we will have sorrows and there's nothing wrong with us. I mean, I was Debbie Downer on Thursday. My family, my daughter, my awesome grandson, one and only, you know. My son-in-law and my wife are over there. I stand having gumbo and just spending time together and I'm here you know, working on church stuff, you know. Wah, wah, wah. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, a, it wasn't the best time. And we're going to have sorrows. But here's the thing. That's not the end of the matter. There's always hope. And we should never live without hope. We talked about that last week. I, I read an illustration that Oliver Wendell Holmes, who was one of the greatest U.S. Supreme Court justices considered at all time, him along with John Marshall, 
at one point in his life, Justice Holmes explained that his choice in a career to begin with, uh, and I'm going to quote him, I might have entered the ministry if certain clergymen I knew had not looked and acted so much like undertakers. Now, I'm, I'm going to pick, so I'm not picking on y'all, I'm picking on us clergy. You know, and if, you know, Holmes is right. Too many Christians, and particularly ministers of all people, we're normal. We go through things, but we shouldn't live our life like we're, you know, going to a funeral all the time. Or we always like look like we lost our last friend. You know, if you look, by the way, free advice, if you look like you lost your last friend all the time, you probably don't have too many friends. Isn't that funny how that works? I'm just telling you, real, real close friends. And so, you know, the pastors in his life, the menace clergy in his life, probably influenced him to not go a way that he felt in his heart he kind of wanted to go. Wow. So we who love the Lord Jesus should have an unshakable joy. So I have a question for you this morning. Honestly, in church, place you can be honest, anyone here today could use more joy? Anybody? Everybody better raise their hand. Because I'll have to keep asking the question over and over and over. Absolutely. So let's look at our text. I'm going to read it to you this morning out of the New Living Translation. Um, and part of it we used last week at the end. Psalm 16. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. Maybe you might want to close your eyes and just listen to this. or That's okay if you're taking notes. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Listen to this. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people of the land, they're my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods, little g. I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. Wow. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. Or I want to read another version. No wonder my heart is filled with joy and my mouth shouts his praises. That almost ought to be the praise team motto. Psalms 16, 9. No wonder my heart is filled with joy and my mouth shouts his praises. My body rests in safety for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. That's referring to Jesus being raised from the dead. And verse 11, you will show me the way of life granting me the joy of your presence. The gift from God is granting us no matter where we are, the gift is he will be with you. His presence will be with you, granting me the joy of your presence. And not just that, Lanyap, Louisiana, Lanyap. And the pleasures of living for you forever. 
Did you know if you serve the Lord God, you can't go anywhere to get away from him and you're guaranteed that if you serve the Lord and love him, he will never leave you, even in eternity, obviously, and there's nowhere you can go that you'll be separated from him and you will have pleasures for eternity. Now, if we don't serve him, the pleasures are not going to be eternity. The Bible says they're short-lived on this side for those that seek that. So on your outline there, if you look at that, the, number one, the beginning of being joyful is truly being grateful. Grateful. Boy, I tell you, this is, there's three key points here that are so powerful. The beginning of being joyful is being grateful. And there's two parts to that. In Psalm 16, 2, we read, all good things come from God, everything. Jesus, I mean, James tells us that whatever is good and perfect comes from God above who created all of heaven's lights. That's what James has. And you see it there on your outline. So you have a choice. I have a choice. When we can blame God for things that are bad, okay, and by the way, he can handle it, but we can blame him when things, and I've done it, oh Lord, really? I can't believe this, you know, or people all the time. Why am I going through this, God? Why are you putting me through this? Or you can turn around and praise him for every good thing that has ever happened in your life or anybody else's life. Any good thing, where does that come from? God. You have a choice. And I think it's better to praise him and thank him for all the good stuff. And when the bad stuff goes, go, Lord, I need your help to get through this time because I know you have plans for me. You have good things coming. Help me through this time. The second part of being grateful is this. I have a question for you and for those back home. Are you satisfied with what you have? Now, this is one you don't want to answer. I want you to think about it. Are you satisfied with what you have? If you're older, and some of us in this room are, three or four of us, you look back on your life and you go, you know, I should have done this, I should have done that, I should have done this, and if I had this, I'd have this, and blah, blah, blah. You know, if you're young, it's usually not as much that. But I, here's what I find out. I, I realize this a lot. If you're not happy with what you have now, right now, if you're not at least got inner joy with what you have now, you will never have joy with what you're going to get. It cannot happen. I promise you, you don't even have to take my word for it. You can look it up and Google it. I mean, it does not matter. It's real. Give you a little illustration. Kid, I went, kid, Lord, we were kids. Went to Bible college together. Uh, Herb Schaefer was doing a pastor's children's sermon. And I don't know about you. I've done several of them. You know, you get down, the kids are around, and at times we've had a big group. We might do that sometime, by the way. We might just do that. And the kids were ages 2 to 10. He was doing an object lesson with them. And he took out shiny quarters. Went to the bank and had brand new shiny quarters. And he gave it to each one of the kids. And said, what do you have in your hand? And, of course, the older kids said it's a quarter. The other's just looking at it and it's shiny, you know. And uh, what can you buy with that? And the older kids said not much. The younger kids said, oh, candy. Like, whoa, you know, I can buy candy, you know. Uh, worth 4.8 million. You know what I'm saying? You know how it is. It's just their perspective. You've, you've seen, and would anybody like to trade their quarter for what I have in a bag? And he pulled out something you probably hadn't seen in a long time. It's a paper sack. It's brown. 
and it has paper on it. It doesn't say Walmart or peel apart or anything. It was a brown sack. And he shook it a little bit and it didn't make a lot of noise. And he said, anybody wanting here and all that stuff? Finally, one kid said, yeah, because he didn't think the quarter was worth much. He said, I'll, I'll trade with you. And, uh, and so he, he reached in the bag and he said, give me a quarter. He gave him a quarter. He pulled out a dollar bill and gave it to him. And boy, some eyes went big, some eyes wasn't so big. And so the lesson of, it's supposed to be of his sermon, his little children's sermon was, God always gives us more than we have now or than what we ask for. Remember, God gives more than you ask or think, and you know how good he is, and that was his lesson. And so he said, oh, by the way, you know, because you got to do this, y'all even saw the AT&T commercial where they gave a lollipop to one and, you know, all. so dad wants a big lollipop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, so what they did is the, the kid, the, the, he said, look, before y'all leave, let me trade your quarters in for, for the dollar bills. And so all of them did except one little girl named Sarah, four years old. And she just came up to get her dollar hesitantly and she looked really kind of sad and frustrated and she said, Pastor, I don't want to trade my quarter. The girl's mother and father were kind of in the back and they were going, take the, take the dollar. I want you to remember that now. Take the dollar. So, Pastor had some wisdom and he said, Sarah, you don't want, to, you don't want me to you know, take your quarter and give you a dollar? No, pastor, I'm trying to make sure I read this right. No, pastor, I want to take it home and put it in my piggy bank. And so, Sarah, would you like to keep your quarter? Yes, I really do. Okay, then you don't have to trade it. And little Sarah just skipped off happily as she could be back to children's church or to children's garden or wherever they go, you know, at their church. And most people felt and think, I think actually the parents yelled out, take the dollar, <laughs> you know, a couple of times. But most of the adults there didn't think she got it, that she didn't get it. But here's what I want to tell you about that. Sarah was perfectly content and happy with her quarter. Getting the dollar was not going to make her any happier at all. And in fact, would have made her a little sad. Do you see what I'm saying? And so she really had more sense than anybody else in the room. Really, because if you're not happy with what you have now, then you're never going to be happy with what you're going to get in the future. Learn to be satisfied and grateful for what you have now. If you are breathing, be satisfied you got breath. Your breath in your lungs is what? God's breath is in our lungs. You're breathing. You're not home right now running 102 fever. You're not, as a friend of mine is right now, bleeding at St. Francis Hospital right now. You're, you know, it's always better to be where you are right now than the most expensive, beautiful, amazing hospital room in the country. How many of you would like to go to the hospital room and, you know, for the week? Real nice, 24-hour care, take care of all your needs. No, you, you follow, get a little perspective. Paul put it this way, it's on your outline. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives us strength. 
That matches what we've been talking about. God's our strength. God's always with us. And we can do anything and handle anything as long as you know he's with you. The devil wants you, when you're going through the bad time, what the devil wants you to not think, it's like, oh, what am I going to do? I've got to take care of my family or I've got to take care of my children or my grandchildren. You know, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? I, like you're alone. He's not letting you see that God's behind you or I love, and one day I'll preach that sermon for you. I love it when the prophet uh, prayed to his servant, Lord, open this, because they were surrounded by this army coming. He said, Lord, open my servant's eyes so he can see. And when he did, God let him saw, see all the angels, you know, glowing in the dark with flaming swords sitting around there, you know, above this. And he went, oh, I think we've got this. Sometimes we need to pray, God, open my eyes so I can see. God, open my eyes so I can see. Close my mouth so I can be quiet. Let me see. Number two, see, you need to be grateful. Please be, please, 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 for your sake, for my sake, <laughs> be grateful for what you have. Two, set your heart after the right models of joy. Set your heart. Notice verse three, the godly people in the land are my true heroes. It doesn't get any better than that. The priority, his, this, their priorities were straight. He, he saw godly people and, and their peace and their joy and their assurance and their faith, how strong it was. And that gave David excitement and courage. Those are his heroes. Now, what does, what does New York and Hollywood generally put out as heroes? What do they put out as heroes? Who, who are our heroes? People with a lot of money? Actors and actresses that have a lot of talent, might have a lot of looks. Now, I want to talk to you about looks. Looks don't last forever. Money don't last forever. And talent doesn't last forever. But here's the thing. We put that all out there as being something amazing. I want to ask you, are most of those people in Hollywood, in fact, I would go so bold as to say are even 90 percent of those people in, in Hollywood and New York, they're in that lifestyle. Are they truly happy on the inside? I would just say a good indicator if I was going to write a research project in psychology that would reject the null hypothesis and be significant. It's just based on their time they're married. How many marriages they have and how long they can't even stay married. I think the average is three years. They can't even stay married. Well, I'm on 46 years, actually 46.5. And some of you got me beat. I mean, they're on 46 minutes, you know, and they're already working, you know. They even go into the marriage, sign prenuptial agreements of, we know it isn't going to work ahead of time, already knowing that. But boy, that's our heroes. That's what we're out there. So here's the thing, they're not happy. And I think the secret is it's neat to not need outside things to feel good or have peace, but go internal with this. True saints of God, we should honor them. And I'm telling you, I honor you here who are faithful. You're my heroes. That's why I fell in love with you. Uh, have you ever heard of Allen and Violent Large? Oh, about 10 years ago, the couple from uh, Canada, a lot of stuff in the news right now about Canada, 
this couple won $10.9 million in the lottery and um, they decided to give it away and, and most all of it away. They got 10.9 and they gave 10.6 away. And they said, we were quite happy with what we had and the way we were going. 75-year-old retired welder. We have no plans. We're not travelers. We're not night prowlers. We're not bar hoppers. After, that might indicate something about why they did so good. After, after taking care of their family and large donation, most of it was donated to churches, a few fire departments, a couple cemeteries, the Red Cross, and also to hospitals where Violent had been a patient for cancer. Was their life perfect? No. But they said, this hospital took care of me and that, and I want to have a fund there to help care of people that can't pay for all of that. So they gave it to that. Lord said he and his wife decided a week before they picked up their winnings to give it away. And I want to tell you, young people, you're on a date, you know what your boundaries are before you get there. Folks, when you're going into a situation that's tough, you make up your decision how you're going to act and what you're going to do before you get there. You do not get in the situation and just be the moment and fly. Or either you'll be posted on social media like half these people are, and then they spend the next five days deleting it and apologizing. Wow. They gave it away. They worked for 30 years in Ontario. They put money aside every week and every year before retiring, and we weren't millionaires before, but we have enough to keep us going. We're satisfied. Wow. Reminds me of that song, I'm satisfied with what? A little, there you go, a little gold. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, how do you measure success? I love this. To laugh often and much. So we'll fill the altars up because some of us aren't laughing enough. Conrad, you win the, you get a free get out of jail card. <laughs> to laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people, to earn the appreciation of honest critics, endure the betrayal of false friends, appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a little bit better than how you found it, whether by a healthy child, a job well done, to know that even one life breathed better because you lived. I would agree with him. That's amazing success, amen? Amazing success. So the happiest people in life, they're people who've given themselves away to a higher calling. I'm telling you, they are the happiest. And read the scriptures there I have for you, Psalms 37. Don't worry about the wicked. Don't envy those who do wrong, for the grass will soon fade like springtime flowers. They'll soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of his heart. And on your outline, I have a thought. There's pleasure in having what you always wanted to have. But real joy is in becoming what you always wanted to be. I can have whatever it is you want. 
You can have that and get that. And I, I'm gonna, I can give you illustration after illustration, and that is neat. But I promise you, it won't stay there. It's going to deteriorate and go down or whatever's going to happen. I remember getting a car one time. I thought it was the best thing that ever happened. It was amazing and all that. Uh, but by the time I got rid of it, it wasn't cool anymore and, you know, whatever. It, it wasn't a classic. Like, you know, too bad I couldn't have bought a 57 Chevrolet or, you know, a 69, 68 Camaro or whatever it was, you know. But anyway, my point was it, it wasn't, it wasn't what, it, what I thought it was. So be grateful and set your goals on appropriate models, not what the world puts in your mind, but what God tells you to do and what are appropriate. Thirdly, oh, please be aware of the emptiness of other gods, the emptiness of other gods. How many of you would be honest? Verse 4 says that, by the way. Those who chase after other gods will be filled with sorrow. How many of you are honest to admit that you, like me, have chased after some things in life? We all have. And we thought it was going to make us happy, and it didn't work. I've been there, done that, and have about 20 T-shirts. In fact... I planned some amazing vacations and the fun was planning them, working up about them and all that. But while we were there, we were not having a good time. I've had that happen. I'm, I'm probably the only one. I'm just going to confess my sins to you ahead of time. This is before you vote next week, so you'll know whether you... <laughs> all my life, even today, I'm shocked by the people who have money... They have a beautiful home or, or own some land somewhere. They have a great spouse. They have a beautiful child, grandchild, and a pretty good job, and they are not happy. Not happy on the inside. In fact, people that tend to be jerks, hurting people do what? Hurt people. Just remember that. The people, this is free psychology here, but people that are kind of jerks and... They're miserable on the inside. In other words, you change your perception to bless their heart. You know, they're messed up. They're hurting. And, and the world tends to think they got it together and they're cocky and they're something. Man, there's so much insecurity there. Do you need to look at what you have again right now? Do you need to look at what you have again? I ask that question. The wisest man in the world, Solomon... In Ecclesiastes, wisest full human, Solomon, says, But I looked at everything I'd worked so hard to accomplish, and it was all so meaningless. It was like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. In other words, the king who had everything looked at a lot he had built. And if there's not doing it for God, if there's not joy with his purpose, you can have this whole kingdom, you can have everything, and it really doesn't mean anything. But if on the other hand, you're doing what God had you to do and you just help a little child, or you help a grandchild, or you give somebody a good day, or what, man, there's joy in that. Look at yourself, look at your life again. I'd like to pass out, we don't have any, uh, Sister Carolyn, I should have called you. We should have got some 3D glasses from the theater and we could have passed them out and everybody could put on their 3D glasses, you know, so they could see everything 3D. By the way, I look better in 3D glasses because I'm kind of blurred like a glamour shot. <laughs> well, five of you laughed. That's good. You know, I work hard to get you to laugh, you know, it's hard. 
If you had a very short time to live, I wish we had some glasses we could look through like as if we could see the world as if maybe this is our last week or our last year or our last month or what. You know, if we just, like, it rearranged priorities. Does that, that's what I'm trying to say. I think it's okay every now and then to rearrange priorities. I think successful people rearrange priorities. I think you can be like my grandfather in the nursing home and in your kind of last year and you're still making a difference in people's lives. I mean, he's my hero for that. At 95, he was still making a difference. And that's what I want to do. So, the beginning of being joyful is be grateful with what you have. Set your heart after right models and be aware of emptiness of most of the propaganda and stuff that comes your way. Other gods offer, it's empty. So finally, as I close, unshakable joy is knowing that sorrow will visit. It's a reality. I'm not just preaching high and mighty. I want to tell you, it is true. Sorrow will visit, but in Christ it will never remain. Amen. Jesus says, you will have sorrow now. The Son of God said this. You will have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one will be able to take away that joy. David said, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. And by the way, after he messed up, you know, after he, he sackcloth and ashes and crying, once that baby was dead, y'all know the story. He got up, clothed himself, and he turned back to God and look at what a, he became a man again after God's own heart. Aren't you glad that God restores us? Tears may last for a night, but joy comes when? In the morning. Thank you. Psalms 35. The book of God's word that we have before us in our homes and on our devices and our phones and all that is filled with stories of struggles and sorrows. And most of those we will never experience. You know, Abraham and Sarah, what they went through, all these people. But then there's stories of joy with that. I shared with you a story last week, and there's another one that I had of Mary Fishinger, who's, you know, months of dealing with cancer and radiation treatments for a 17-year-old son, and sitting there, she said, in the room, and they had that stainless doors, you know how they have to go get the radiation treatments, and finally at Christmas, they put Christmas decorations on it, and she thought that was a little odd, but understood the sentiment, but you know, you kind of open the Christmas doors to go in to get photons, you know, kind of deal, and just, but somebody, you know, they were doing it, and boy, it just went on and on and on, and now we're about March, and she looked over there and saw a little bitty piece of tape and ribbon that they left on the door. And if she's anything like Ray Owens, that bugged her. Would it have bugged you? I mean, every week you're there and you see that. Come on, be honest. Some of you need to, that's bugging you. Well, she went over to get it to throw it away. Well, she grabbed it and it was said it was real, real small but it was filled up as big as joy, the word joy was written on it that it could be. And so she took it, folded it, threw it in her purse, gonna throw it away later. A few months later, the doctor, she, he was in for his last treatment, and the doctor 
came and got her and there were smiles on everybody's face. It was awesome. Said, hey, we're not even doing any more treatments. This thing is gone. In fact, it's kind of gone and starting to eat into the good stuff. We need to stop this. It's good. And so that was great. 17 years later, 17 years later, 17-year-old son, 17 years later, she was babysitting her son's three sons, her grandchildren. And she just happened to reach in her purse and she saw that little piece of ribbon and opened it and remembered the prayer she prayed when she saw that little joy before she threw it in her purse. And she said, thank you for the joy. She reached out in faith the joy and then there was remembrance. And sometimes God blesses us so much and he's blessed you and I so much, sometimes we forget to go back and remember what he's done. God has done some amazing miracles and blessings in my life. And you know what? I think we ought to tell people more. We ought to remember that more. I really do. Yes, sorrow will come. And you know why we need to do that? Because others are going to go through tough times and we might go through tough times. I believe I'll go through tough times. But I need to remember that he's been faithful in the past and that encourages me in the present. Amen? Well, Brother Ray, what about, what about people that pass away and they, they don't have children or they have struggles? I want to read you that last scripture that's on the outline there. And he says, and, and I heard a loud voice from the throne in heaven saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and they and will be their God. I love this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, mourning or crying or pain. That's unshakable, eternal joy. In the presence of God, there will be no pain, no aching, nothing but praise, wonder, and all. Here's the things. Go with me by faith. We're in the presence of God now. Secret. Secret. Where can I go to get away from? Nowhere. That means he's with us now. But we want to visually be there, feel it, taste. Well, you know what? I think by faith we can now. Now, this is a stretch. This is a stretch. But by faith, we can know he's with us. By the way, we can be driving down the road and the guy cuts you off and you want to slap him in the name of Jesus or, you know, whatever you want to do. And that's going along. And you can go, well, the Lord's with me. Lord, I don't know. Bless that guy. Obviously, he's rushing to the hospital because of, just make up something. I don't know. Whatever. You know, oh, Lord, be with him. Bless his heart. He was weaned on sour milk. His mama slapped him. You know, he can't. Have, you know, whatever. Just, in other words, just know God's with you. There's no need to have all this, this uh, stress. And I don't want anyone in this room, particularly those of us close to glory, to think we can't live with peace and joy now and we're going to wait one day I'll have joy and praise the Lord. Well, why don't you by faith have joy now and smile at your child and love on somebody now. God wants us to experience and show joy now. I want to tell you, having joy is not the absence of pain. You will have pain. And if you're my age, you'll make noise when you have pain, when you walk. 
Joy is not the absence of pain. Joy is the presence of God in your life. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. i tell you what I want to do. I want to pray for you. I don't think, you know what, I don't think we need a song. If that's okay. I know Sister Welch is upset about that, but uh, I just think I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads and realize that God is with you where you are and where we are now. And even at home right now, God's with you. Father, forgive us for not realizing that you're always in our presence. You're always in our midst. And you love us. You created us. And you want to be with us. And when we mess up, you want to kind of guide us the right way. But it's so loving. It's so powerful. And God, yes, there's going to be a day where there are no tears. And on this side, you will experience sorrow. But take heart. Take heart. You are with us. So God, I pray for every person in this room and those ministering outside this room, God, that you would give them your joy. Transform their mind, renew their mind where they can show more joy. And Lord, yeah, we're gonna struggle with this, but I pray your Holy Spirit's power will encourage, encourage us all to smile more and to project more the love and the joy that we have in you. May someone in this room to a young child or a young couple or a young person or to a friend give hope. Lord, may there not be any people in the future that hear from a minister or hear from us something that says, I don't want to be like them. Oh God, please let us, let us put forth your joy and your love. Now, God, I pray that there be no condemnation in anyone in this room, that all be of Christ Jesus, that have accepted you as personal Savior, and that, Lord, when we leave this place and we go to our classes or we go home, that, God, there is no condemnation. We have confessed to you that we need you, we love you, and we are in your presence, and you are in with us wherever we go. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you.